Back with another day one Dolphins podcast hosted by none other than myself, Mr. Ouchman, South Florida native, Dolphins degenerate. Follow me on Twitter at YFinsYY. Here with me, as always, is the wizard behind the curtain, record spinner, vegetable dinner, heavyweight hitter, Chief Sut, fellow lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. Please throw him a follow on Twitter at Chief Sut. Follow the podcast Twitter at day one, the number Dolphins to stay up with the boys. And uh, let's get down to it. What's going on, Sut? Hey, man. I'm, I thought I was excited going into this episode, but after that intro, I just got more hype. We got camp hype. Everybody's in rhythm. Everyone's catching a stride. We're feeling good. I'm hype, bro. I'm not even, like, as wound up as I normally am in this time of the year. Like, I'm more trying to keep myself composed. Yeah. Just, like, not running my mouth, not like barking, because I want people to just see what I see. Whenever they, whenever they see it and whenever it connects, they'll come to me. But I've, I've already got some like pretty close friends, Colts fans, random fans. I got a Ravens fan that I was talking to the other day that are all like, hey, man, I think I like two of this here. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Y'all think y'all like them, huh? Yeah. Y'all wasn't liking them last year. 2016 was the last year that I was like really yapping about making the playoffs and I had bet somebody cash and everything make the playoffs we did but -hmm. I think about how confident I was buying into that team and then I compare it to this team and I'm just like whoa like Vegas has us making the playoffs pretty much if they're if Vegas is putting them in that range that's telling you something bro like that's telling the world something i told you i've been gambling a lot lately and they are right you know <laughs> vegas knows what they're doing well let, let me ask you this then mr uh, mr ouch why do they still keep trying to poke this jimmy g thing if we're all in on tua coach is all in on tua vegas is all in on tua why are why is mike tannenbaum and all these other people spreading this misinformation that jimmy g's like the guy we're going to be looking for or trading for or talking to It'd be two things for me one, we've gone two years where the Miami Dolphins have been the na- the first name that comes up for anybody that is a free agent and wants to go somewhere and get money. Anyone. Yeah, get, get because money. We've, we've had the money. <laughs> we've had the space. The philosophy's kind of been open-ended to where nobody really knows what we're looking for. So every player fits our scheme since they don't know what the hell the scheme is going to be. But so then on the other end... I kind of don't mind the Jimmy G uh, trade. I wouldn't mind having Jimmy G on the team if we didn't have Teddy Bridgewater. So, I mean, with the McDaniel ties and all that, honestly, Jimmy G would arguably be a better backup than Teddy Bridgewater. He knows the system already. Yeah, not going to argue that. He's been in a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? He's been in two NFC Championship games. He's... Has he's top five in the entire NFL for winning record as a quarterback for whatever that's worth, you know? Hey, he, he gets the job done, and that's what Tua man is. We all take pride in Tua because you know, even though he hasn't padded stats every single year, he wins. So yeah. no hate. But and, and as much that, as a Teddy B guy, I am yeah, Jimmy G he, would be a better backup. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. And he also Tua gets hurt there's no denying that you know my I've I've never tried to steer away from that argument with the people who don't like him he gets hurt that is what it is like uh, I don't think he I don't think any player is quote-unquote injury prone maybe except like Derrick Rose but yeah it just it's we're playing a full contact sport here Uh, yeah poor boy yeah he's a beast but your body can't be doing all that bro but he ain't coming (laughs) If Teddy got hurt or um, Tua got hurt, like week one or practice, like sometime in training, I could see us signing Jimmy G, and I would understand why. Otherwise, sorry, Jimbo. Uh, hey. I respect him. I like Jimmy, but not enough to replace Tua. I like Skyler. Little Skyler season wouldn't make me mad. Uh, it looks like he's doing okay at camp. I'll, I'm going to personally be at practice this upcoming week. Okay is an understatement. 
Yeah, but yeah, I mean, seventh round pick and he's just throwing bombs and he's picking up the offense fast and all the interviews from the coordinators and coaches like think he had one interception so far. That's it. Yeah. And like he's killing it on one on ones. He's loved in the room. I guess two and Teddy are like taking on. I guess the quarterback room just with each other, which is fantastic. Like you don't need that weird animosity. You need everybody chilling. And I thought there would be some beef with Teddy early because, you know, he still felt like he was a starter and all that. But it seems as if he settled into his role as like big bro. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I imagine there would be beef if Flores was still here because he would leave it open-ended as to who's going to be the starter, and he'd change out who's starting every week, and Whoa. it would be toxic, and you know. But McDaniel's like, "Hey, I spoke about what I wanted in a backup quarterback before you guys knew that we were signing Teddy Bridgewater. Little did you know, I was describing Teddy Bridgewater as the backup quarterback. So there's no, you know." confusion here i think teddy came into it like specifically knowing there is no ryan fitzpatrick i thought this was my team yeah you know, no like, brian flores we're gonna go with the guy that gives us the best chance to win like no. yeah like yeah. this is our quarterback this is the starter we don't need to do any other funky business there's more reason to love coach mcdaniel dude like more reason to stay calm and chill he keeps me calm and chill yeah and he's wearing yeezys he's just super like you know he's smoking weed and like oh dude Dabbed up on that Pat McAfee podcast. <laughs> Dabbed up. I'm like, he is His eyes chilling. Are over. <laughs> he's cracking jokes that they don't get. And then he's like, you know, I don't even, I'm not even going to explain that one. Like, he's like, you guys obviously don't smoke. <laughs> it's just him and Trill Williams lighting it up. Dog. Trill. Trill. I've, I know everyone's been hyping him up, but I have seen a couple clips in camp trill getting done up but like i think uh, he's gonna make the roster i, I mean not the roster definitely. like obviously he's gonna make the roster but i think he's gonna be like our fourth cornerback like i think i think he has a shot to to be in front of Noah Igbenogany. and i don't want to you know say you know crash down on noah season because obviously we're about to say do you not know what season it is yeah i mean we created noah season i get it but <laughs> trill is is really coming along and some of these guys that have been a part of this roster working behind Xavier Howard and Byron Jones now for multiple seasons, like we have, like uh, it's our secondary is disgusting. It needs to be seriously and yeah. it's in serious contention for like best in the league, top two, top three. It when you consider the depth as well, because Nick Needham is playing mistake free in camp on you know, a Nick- great contract. Yeah. Great contract. He's paid very well for what he is. It's not killing the club, but you know, for an undrafted free agent, he's doing all right. So like, yeah, that's our I, guy right there. Need a island. You know how Josh Borer came out with that quote, and he's like, he has a thing for like the underdog. Like he 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 prefers undrafted players because mm-hmm. they just got they got that dog. And they, they got that yeah. dog. In them. <laughs> like but, that uh, boy uh, Deech. Your boy was it Kellen Deech, the tackle. Yeah. What's the other guy? The one that was uh, shotgun in the energy drinks. Blaze like Anders. Yeah, allegedly he's got a better shot to make it than yeah. uh, Deesh. Allegedly, that kid's energy is like exactly what it was in that Stone Cold clip. For anybody that hasn't seen it, he literally like grabbed like a, a C4 in a can and was like smacking him like he was Stone Cold, like hyping the crowd up. And like this yeah. is an undrafted free agent offensive lineman. Like that's <laughs> he doesn't even know if he has a job yeah, yet. He's fighting to make the team. Like <laughs> he literally needs to have a, a mistake-free preseason, every preseason game, in order to make the team. And even if he does, he still might not make it. And for a guy like that to be having fun, that's what that's what the f- I like to see. It's cool that like they're letting the team have fun because with Flo, it was known up front. This is not fun. This is mistake-free football. This is championship pedigree. This isn't fun. Fun is winning. But, like, McDaniel's saying, yeah, fun is winning. We're going to win. But, like, we're also going to have fun. And yeah. I, we can talk. We can literally just do every episode about Tyreek Hill if we wanted. But, like, just can't say enough about how much he's just invigorated. It was, it was like adding Jimmy Butler to the heat. It just, like, makes I'd sense. I'd say more. I'd say even more. Like, he Impactful. injected. Yeah, he just straight up injected in his own culture. And he forced it. He came there and just started 
off the bat just started talking <laughs> and everyone's like oh i don't like this it's he's confident in the dolphins and and i don't know how to feel about being confident in my own football team and everyone just kind of just freaks out and takes they it turn and puts it a negative pat spin mahomes. they turn I'm it into pat mahomes slanders yeah but it's all good we're not gonna say any names but you're right. He definitely just turned it up for everyone and just got everyone on that side to the point Jalen Waddle and him are doing the little A-B dance like after they're scoring touchdowns. Do and dance, like A-B. I'm so I, fired up, bro, because our offense is just so f***ing fast. And then you see Air Easy e balling. You're seeing Chase Edmonds cutting back and like ripping 30 yards untouched. You're seeing Austin Jackson pancaking. Like Chase you're Edmonds looked fast. Bro. Fast. I'm not gonna lie. Our, our backup running back is Raheem Mostert. Yeah, if not. Our backup running back is not Salvin Ahmed or uh, Patrick Laird. Like, we have competent running backs. We have depth at running back. Like, hey. obviously... Patrick Laird's my things. boy, all right? I love Patrick Laird. <laughs> Remember that one play that Patrick Laird did, who, by the way, Patrick Laird is like our fifth string running back. But it yeah. was, um, I think it was versus the Jets. And we're like, it was like a third and eight. And he makes contact three times with three separate defenders, trucks one, <laughs> jukes one, and then spins around the last one and dives and gets the conversion so that we don't have to take a field goal and we end up getting a touchdown. And it really contributed to us winning the game. And that was like the last play that I saw Patrick Laird play. And I was like, you know what? If that's going to be the one in the year, that, sh- that was that's it. That's it. He also had two his first touchdown ever. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yes, sir. So they're probably tight. Bro, um, how can you not like Patrick Laird? I follow him on Instagram. He's just a great guy. But yeah, like, he's, from, he's from San Luis Obispo over here in California. <laughs> San Luis you know? Obispo. Uh, he's, he's from like a little ble- a little beach town. Is he? Yeah. So um, I mean, realistically though, like he he probably doesn't make the team this year, right? Like as much nah. as as much as we like him. And I, he, I, he I would make the, love for him to stay in the practice squad, but who knows? I think Dokes is pushing a lot of people out. Yeah. Uh, Apparently Finally. he's looking good, um, and then you obviously you're gonna keep um, Saquandre White. You know he he's fast. He's got fresh legs. You know he's he's doing well in camp. He looks very shifty and eligible for practice squad. It's not like you have to keep him on the fifty three. Like, well, you, but I believe Laird's too old for that. Like yeah. I think it's after your third or fourth season you can't be on it anymore. Someone would snake him anyways, but. He's going straight to New England. That's that's what yeah. they do over there. I don't know if you know 100%. that. 100%. But talking guys. about Skylar Thompson, they might carry three quarterbacks now because of how Skylar's playing. You know what I mean? <sighs> like, you can't put Skylar on the practice squad or he's going to end up, you know, exactly like Reed Sinnott. Like, he's just going to get taken. So Somewhere, yeah. I think you have to carry three quarterbacks just to protect him because he's looking that good. Well, then what's our wide receiver room, ouch? Because... Three quarterbacks. Oof. We got four running backs. I got know we 11 got five corners. I was about to say we got five cornerbacks. We're probably going to carry four safeties. We got. F- we just cut Adam Butler, so that's going to be more reps for Sealer and those guys. So D tackles good. D ends good. But like, which is sad because I liked Butler. He dude, very high like energy guy. Handled work. Very good contract again. Like we weren't overpaying for him. And, Great uh, depth. Yeah, but, like, I think he failed a physical, and at the same time, it's just like, yeah, we can afford to just carry uh, Sealer, Wilkins, uh, Raekwon, and kind of rotate all the rest of these guys in in different ways and shit like that. Like, we traditionally run a 3-4, so, like, yeah, we can figure it out. So, who do you think... Oh, yeah, and we got the Muhammad uh, Sanu signing, too. I don't think he even makes the team. I don't think he makes the team, either. I think he's there to be, like, a coach... That's getting paid like a player. To, like, show them how we do things. Because he was in this 49er system. He was in a couple systems, I believe, with McDaniel. But Yeah. Trent Sherfield, him, and... Um, River Craycraft. Oh, yeah. Your boy, Ruby. I think I think Ribby and uh, Trent are fighting for a spot. Like, R- one of Craycraft. them is going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> Mariana Riviera Craycraft. <laughs> Riviera Craycraft. My boy. <laughs> I like him. And, like, bro, you're seeing it in camp. 
just just as if any of our listeners heard, I, we related him to like a Jordy Nelson, and he's bodying and like playing like Jordy Nelson in camp right now. Like, yeah, he's, he's It's so it's so hard for Lynn Bowden to make this team right now. As much as I love him, River Craycroft mossed uh, Noah Benagni. Yeah, I've seen Noah getting done up in a couple of them too, but it's like you're a corner, and like I'll be real, some of these throws that two is hitting are like pinpoint accuracy where like if it's one inch the other way or a little behind it's picked but like he's just hitting where you can't defend it and like i said it on twitter i say it out loud a good pass beats perfect coverage every single time like you can be in perfect position but like if tua puts it right over his shoulder you can't do nothing and river uses that big body this eric how do you pronounce his last name because i don't even want to disrespect him i'm just going to call him easy e so i don't disrespect him. eric is a comma is a comma he's just body working he's out there playing lebron james in 2k just like i told you from the beginning when they when they drafted him i said hey like this was a wes welker pick like he was going wherever wes welker was going to be coaching flat out we didn't need a receiver at all they just did it so different than we've ever done it like yeah, they man, brought in way too many receivers and said, hey, we're going to pick out of you guys. Like, we'd always brought in, like, one or two extra receivers, and then, like, you know, one or two guys don't make the cut. But mm-hmm. this time, like, five of these guys aren't making the cut. Like, somebody's got to go. Lynn Bowden might go. Preston Williams is, is done. He's um, done. River Craycraft, who knows? Trent Sherfield, Lynn, I mean, the, the, who knows? Uh, but, like, all right, so you named four. We, na- we know the four between Cheetah... Penguin, uh, Easy E, and Seti Will, but like, if we carry six, that means there's two spots for River, Trent, Lynn. I ain't even gonna say Preston. No, um, he's done. Who is this other guy that's just been hitting seam routes? Looks like another uh, another one of the Caucasians. <laughs> um, he might be a tight end. I don't know what the f- he is. Austin something or ta- some, some Taylor something. Uh- yeah, Taylor Austin, I, maybe. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I, I've seen him flashing up too. It's it's just unfortunate at this point to see this many people making plays. But plus, I find it interesting that when it's always this time of the year with training camp and practice, it's always you know your your offense versus your own defense, and people are like, like Chase Edmonds makes an amazing run. Mm-hmm. And Alec Engel makes an amazing block. Everyone's like, see, I told you Jerome Baker's washed up and he can't play the run. And then it's like, Noah Igmanogany gets mossed. You know, is that because Noah's bad or is that because Tua threw a perfect ball and, and, and it was a good receiver? Who's you know, calling which, Jerome Baker washed? A lot Stennis. of people, bro. And Stennis. I'm not Stennis for it. Me. Yeah, Stennis I do not allow the Jerome Baker slander. At all, you leave that young man alone. I don't yeah. give a fuck what you got to say. Talk, talk whatever crazy stuff you want to me. Jerome Baker does not need it. He does not deserve it. Since his rookie year, we have not had anybody on defense outside of X that goes that hard every single play, no matter what. And as he's gotten older, no he's gotten injuries. better every year. He gets bigger. He gets stronger. He's always been fast as fuck. And like, no, no, you leave Jerome Baker the. Fuck alone y'all are just looking for a problem because we don't have one right now like Tyndall looks like a monster in camp he looks like a receiver bro he makes he looks like Kyle Pitts just running around playing linebacker (laughs) yeah he's a big guy he's he's very like he's very athletic looking like he looks he's in that Jalen Phillips caliber of you know physical specimens they look crazy like yeah um big year for Phillips too but I don't know, man. I don't know who makes it for the receivers. I'm 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 gonna say I just want Lynn Bowden to make it, but it's they're definitely making it hard because Eric Isakama is, is making the team no matter what. And now Skylar Thompson takes away the need for like Lynn Bowden as emergency quarterback because Skylar would clearly be the emergency quarterback, or they could pull a fast one and cut Teddy and My keep the two is, of them. Can Lynn Bowden play special teams well enough to warrant him being carried on the? Roster. That's what scares me about it. Noah Benogany is how bad he is. He's always getting flags, and he's just mm-hmm. not good, bro. He's just not, not. He's not great. So, yeah, he's still learning football in his defense. But like, if he figures it out, mother god. But <laughs> with Lynn, like, what is he gonna? Is he even gonna be the return man? Like anything. 
I just feel like he's the he's kind not of guy a gunner. Would... Noah can be a gunner. He does play gunner. He's extremely fast and just goes and hits, you know. But like, yeah, but he can't block at all. Like he can't. Like Noah's just not like that. He could be a return man, but probably. But that's it. Like he's yeah. Mac, he's not Mac Hollins. Mac Hollins is the best gunner I've seen on this team, and I don't know how long. Yeah. You know, and that was because of how big body he wanted to play. Like, you know how he was. I miss that boy, Matt Collins. I love him. I was watching him the other night. Yeah, I was like, look at my boy work, dropping <laughs> Good for him, man. I'm glad he's getting paid. But I love Mac, bro. Um, but once again, know. he's not making this team. He's the 11th best receiver in camp if he's on the Dolphins right now. So I like, have to write it all right out. Like, Muhammad Sanu. Cuts. Um, yeah, probably not making it. Trent Sherfield, I feel like, has a good chance to make it because of the style of football that he plays. Um, we just have some we have we have Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, right? Jalen Waddle's gonna have to learn every side of the uh receiver tree that uh Tyree right. Kill runs. So he's gonna be Tyree not only is he gonna be the number two, but he's also gonna be number one backup. Um and then you have Cedric Wilson, who's a lot bigger, but still fast, good with the contested catches. You got Mike Kosicki, who's bigger, obviously, probably top five fastest tight end in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got Eric Izakama, who is just, he's got that footwork. He, like, he is just cutting. Like, he is saucy. Yeah, he's he's leaving that people boy behind. clean. And then if he didn't leave you behind and he didn't get that much separation, let's just go up and get it real quick. And from the ones I've seen, he goes up and he gets it. So I'm trying to think of who's left and what style of ball they really play. Like, there's not really a need for Preston Williams, you know. Um, so I not don't think he attitude. makes it. I don't think there's a need for Muhammad Sanu outside of him knowing the um, the offensive scheme and having a heads up compared to everyone else. Um, and we already have Trent Sherfield, who's in that same boat. River Craycraft, same boat. So all three of those guys were brought in to kind of help everyone else get along. And in, in return, they get a fair shot at making the roster. One out and of three makes it. Yeah. For sure. One of those three 49er guys makes it. And then you get one. They keep six. You have a random extra spot for maybe Lin Bowden. But I I hope it's Lin Bowden, dude. I really do. I I don't. Yeah. I just I'm not ready to see him go. He hasn't had that full chance. And if he is put in the position to where he has other people at skill positions that are alleviating the pressure on him, like he'll just come out of nowhere, and people are going to be like, "Who the hell is that?" You know, like it's not going to be yeah. like where we can't move the ball at all and then we have to give it to him on a wildcat play and it's all on his shoulders, which he'd made it happen sometimes anyways. But yeah, know. on some dumb and like you, you put it, uh, we were talking about it earlier. Chase Edmonds talking about the offense last year and how it was not setting anybody up for success. It's been like that for Lynn since he got there. And then they basically redshirted him to save him a year because they had like <clears throat> the option to do that essentially, you know? Yeah, but he's never had a fair crack in a real offense. And I think even going back to college, when he was trying to play receiver, he didn't get a fair crack because they lost a bunch of quarterbacks and then he had to do that. So, like, yeah, he was the quarterback, bro. He was a quarter. First time I ever seen somebody return a kick and then stay on the field and like call the offense to like play quarterback. (laughs) Like, don't even do that in high school, bro. (laughs) That was so I'm like, yo, Kentucky is gangster. Like, that is raw. He's a different. He's a the definition of just an all-around athlete. And you keep a guy like that on the team, dude. So you got to like, think about how many reps he's taken with Tua over before the training camp even started, dude. Like, he has year, to make the team every year in the off season. It's him and Tua T, dog. What if they sign five Who's people saying? and they're just like Tua? Who's our? Who do you want for the sixth guy? He's gonna. What if they show him? Say, what if they show him five and it's the four? A 49er guy, and then two is just like, bro, y'all got it. Y'all got to keep me Lynn. Yeah. I need LBJ. Yeah, that's man. My, that's my dude. That's but like, also, if, all, if all else fails, one or two injuries, I know that guy will go out there and like get me some shit done. No and also, what. when it comes to all the gadget plays that Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill are going to play, you do need one more guy who you can really rely on for all those like learning all the fake motions, learning the motions where you are intended to get the ball. 
you know, mm-hmm. and I think between, I think Chase Edmonds and Lynn Bowden are the best choices for that to back up Tyree Kill and uh, um, Jalen Waddle. But yeah. Well, we'll see. Those that's just my guess. What about Mostert? Um, yeah, but it's just different when a running back's doing it. You know what I mean? I mean more in the sense that like since he's cleared and like since he's back on the field, you can have him on the back, like actually in the backfield. Maybe you're in shotgun, and then you bring Edmonds over on the jet sweep, like you're talking about, or you run Lin Bound in motion. You fake the sweep and then like hit him on a bubble. But like if you guys like jump on the jet screen or you jump on something else you can just hand it off to Raheem Mostert and you're handing it to one of the fastest guys in the league like yeah. straight up the gut and that's Tua reading it so that means there's a fucking hole like yeah, he's pretty it just good opens up our offense like crazy and it's still giving Tua the RPO shit, but it's not being dependent on it to the point that the offense almost goes anemic like just like yeah, well there should be uh, a run game this year compared to uh last year where it wasn't and that brings us to the offensive line is most of the reason <laughs> that that's happening you got robert hunt dropped weight um you got austin Damn. jackson looks like he dropped weight what uh, else did what else wait, 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 wait. keep keep talking about austin jackson because yeah. you've been you've been highly critical this uh this this little podcast right? well allegedly austin jackson looks like he's going to pan out not even just mediocre that he looks like he's good which is just sh- shocking to me but <laughs> we'll see we'll see how it goes in real life when he's having to block other people uh who did he pancake jalen phillips jalen bro like you say real people like that's as real as it gets <laughs> well on the other side of the offensive line the opposite is occurring with Liam Eikenberg, who just is not meant to be a starter in the NFL at all, but he will be. Yeah. Yeah. You've been critical of him too, but you got to think this coaching staff has turned Austin Jackson around that fast. I think Taron Armstead's a big influence to that as well. That's another Here's player Here's the difference coach. between those two guys though. Austin Jackson was always the specimen physically that was supposed to be able to pick up on the game. And because of how he's built and because of how athletic he is, mm-hmm. he's supposed to be good. And he wasn't. And it was frustrating. Liam Eichenberg was the opposite. Liam Eichenberg, everything about him physically points to him not being special. And he was just so, uh, quote unquote, NFL ready coming out of the draft that that was kind of that role that he needed. Like we needed like an instant starter that would just, you know, he let up no pressures in college and this and that, whatever, you know, didn't right. play against anybody that's ever going to be on the first team of an NFL roster. But <laughs> yeah, Austin Jackson is the perfect perfect type of lineman that you would want for this scheme like everyone else is dropping weight to be able to run this wide zone scheme and austin jackson is just like already super fast already has super long arms can jump like he's just he's just built specifically for this so him and teron martin said i mean teron's probably got him coming along fast and liam just man i'd rather have solomon kinley out there at this point but I don't we'll want see. to bring that one up, dude. You you still see it. Every time I try to say it, people just, oh, he's fat. He's dead, man, man, man. Like, I haven't seen practice personally yet. I will this week, and I'll be able to just look myself and see what the f*** is going on. But I don't know why he's not getting reps. They said early on he was going to get reps. Maybe he is, and they're just not talking about it because they don't want to, you know, lay everything out there. But none of the beat reporters or any of these guys are even asking. Like... I'm watching yeah. all these interviews. They're not asking about him, but we'll I don't know. see. I mean, we still got Robert Jones, as like I said, as always, my dark horse candidate. But yeah, that's your boy. I don't know. Even if Solomon Kinley did drop weight, right? Which he hasn't been able to, even when he was asked in the last regime when they were treating him like it, he was literally and, fat bastard, and he couldn't do it then. So I don't know why like Mike McDaniel is going to be smiling and like letting him hit the vape pen and asking him nicely to drop weight if maybe that's the way he's going to get through to him. But <laughs> usually guys that are like like him, you know, like he's just not going to be able to run this wide zone scheme as as effectively as somebody like Austin Jackson would you know he's not fast enough this is like a scheme to where you block one guy and then push him and then move to the left or the right and you need to be on that next guy like five more feet down the field you know what yeah. I mean so you can I be just, big you got you got to be in shape though like if you're going to be large you got to be able to move 
you gotta yeah. be he's an outlier yeah so unfortunately i just i think he he could start on another team though he's a big guy he's strong worked well in the run game when we were doing like inside zone and stuff so yeah. i mean he has a shot somewhere else maybe like i don't know yeah connor williams is apparently coming along very well at center but like some of the snaps like might have been a little high one day and uh i was listening to our new offensive line coach i forget his name but so Frank. so much more refreshing than listening to gene Le, Le, Jean pierre whoever the guy was last year that didn't know what was going on i feel like that guy couldn't even color inside the lines and our coach this year is cracking jokes and talking about like guys in depth but like not revealing too much and not like on dudes like that but challenging them and i'm like all right cool we have guys that actually give a how these kids develop because at the end of the day most of our offensive linemen are still kids like most i think connor williams 25 and he's the oldest outside of armstead all the rest of them are like legitimately can't even rent a car yet <laughs> like, oh, Connor Williams at center. I just wonder if that's like your first choice or if it's Michael Dieter. Like, it's still a little up in the air. Michael Dieter's walking around in a walking boot per usual. Um, uh, so he's, he's already hurt, and this is year four for him to where he's not gonna start. I don't know, and that's just not a good look. Like, there's no way we resign him. Um, Connor Williams, uh, he did play some center at one point, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're supposed to be a little bit more precise than people probably lead on when it comes to snapping the ball from a center. Like, it looks like you just, you know, whatever, just throw it and hit him in the belly or hit him in the chest or the face mask or something with the ball and the quarterback nah, will figure it out. But it now. there's a level of consistency, you know, like these these people that have been working together for multiple years, you know, like these this connection of like center and QBs, like the QB doesn't even have to look down at the ball because it's going right exactly the same point. He's like, yo, put it on my left shoulder pad or wherever you want, and it's just there, the same yep. exact spot Clockwork. every single time. And if it's not going to be like that, I mean, I could imagine we see a couple, you know, a couple instances in the year where that I mean, might cost us. They're getting their reps after practice. They're doing what they have to do, and, you know, it is what it is. If, like, we have a couple high snaps, like, two is a fucking athlete, get rid of it or fall on it, whatever we got to do. But... I don't know. I think he's way more talented than Dieter. I think the fact that he's was a starting level player for the Cowboys and like their offensive line traditionally is very good. Like he knows what he's doing and he's going to bring some experience and something to the offensive line. They can get the snaps down and like they can get that figured out. I would hope. And if not, hopefully Dieter can give us, you know, his four to six healthy games of uh, balling out and we get after it and draft a center in the first round next year. But I still don't really understand why we just lapped on skipping that again, maybe because the Connor Williams play was the whole idea with Dieter backing it up and maybe one of these other guys could play center. Um, and the value of where our picks were falling. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. we, Jalen Phillips was a great pick, obviously, which I was scared to pick him because of the health concerns. But, I mean, look at him. Look at Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Both panned out very well. I'm never going to, like, you know, be mad about them. No, yeah, I would be – Jalen Phillips has the potential to end up like having a Cameron Wake year down here. So that's what the team needs, uh, to be honest. If like the defense is going to like take a step forward, quote unquote, like that's where it is. We get the turnovers, we get the picks, but like we get some more sacks besides Ogba. Like it's getting real. <laughs> besides Brandon Jones, Brandon Jones had like the most sacks for his safety last year. He looks great. Brandon Jones, I mean, he's dropped a couple interceptions, but he's there every time. I think he's dropped three interceptions now, but he's been there to, to try and intercept it every time. Holland um, looks like God Brian Dawkins out there. Javon Holland looks like, based on what I've seen, he looks like him and Xavier Howard are pretty, pretty tight. They look like they're yep. hanging out now or something, you know, kind of like the tight end room is. Which is good to see because I don't think Xavier Howard's been like that with anybody since Bobby McCain. Yeah, straight up. And X doesn't like chill like that, you know. Seems like he won him over just by being a baller, and he just is so fast. You know, he just covers so much ground out there that like he can he can make him. He uh, Javon Holland and his football IQ and his speed combined allows him to like at the safety position make a misstep towards one side of the field and still cover the entire green of the field to get it there in time if he made that misstep the wrong direction. 
you know, he, he's so good and he's playing a lot. Thanks. He looks a lot more confident. He just looks like he's, he's, he's meant to be there. You know how it is when you're a rookie, you got to prove what it is and you got like yeah. weird ego things going on in your mind. And you know, you're not a hundred percent focused cause all these other guys are balling around you and you're playing with, you know, a pro bowl corner and you're supposed to be the starting safety and, um, you're learning the scheme and, this year, it's just like no questions. Like he's just gonna let his brain do the work. You know, Javon Holland's just gonna ball. I mean, yeah, and he he came in he came in as a backup to a guy with Super Bowl rings. Like he came in behind McCordy, like not really starting, and then eventually he worked his way in, like took over and. Shit, but like, he really just got after it. Start like day one, and he could have been a first round pick, bro. He sat out that one COVID year, and like that hurt his draft stock. But like. If he didn't do that, he was going first round. He was stealing the second round. So I'm with it. I'm cool with uh, the Minka Fitzpatrick departure due to how See, cool uh, Javon Holland is. Yeah, he's so much cooler. Way cooler. Just like I wouldn't <laughs> hang out with Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Little nah. Nah, Javon's got the grill. He's, he's bumping in the car jet. Like, yeah, out here. <laughs> A lot of good music choices from all the guys. Yeah, and I think Javon's had the orange jersey twice. Zach Sealer's had it a couple times. Yeah, to a man. And, like, you can tell they're not just giving it to Tua just because, like, you know, give it to the quarterback and be cute. Like, yep. nah. Like, he's Tua. So he's he's going to allow the players to vote for captains. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. Um, see if any rookies make it. And what rookie would you say that you're rooting for the most? to make this roster somebody that's in question to not make it which would be i'm not going to count eric is is not in question to make it channing no. tindall's not in question they're both going to make it zaquandra mm, white's uh, going to make it verone mckinley yeah that's a good choice that way uh javon could have his boy from college and like he was a ball hawk in college too so cool let him develop he made an interception. Let him get some special teams yeah, if he's already doing it now, like, yeah, yeah, let him get, let him stay here, just to keep Javon happy. You don't even have to pay him that much. He'll be the fifty-second, fifty-third guy on the roster, like the twelfth or fifteenth DB. Cool. You need that many when Pat Mahomes like runs like six different receivers down your throat for fucking forty minutes a game. Like, what, what receivers is Pat Mahomes gonna run on you now? Uh, Juju, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, a whole bunch of Travis Kelsey. Uh, <laughs> I'm just scared of Kelsey. Smith Schuster, get that out of here, bro. Yeah, MBS, get that out of here. Yeah, I know. We're locking all them up. But it's MBS still is a 2022 uh, Sammy Watkins. The thing is, bro, Andy Reid is just not going to get caught slipping. You know what I mean? They could have a down year. I mean, Ashawn McDermott. The... I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm, I think that's going to be a weird situation, just like I think Green Bay is. But at the end of the day, both of those quarterbacks got paid a ton of money. And there's a reason. So uh, they should be able to do it with those guys. And it doesn't matter who it is. They just need bodies that could run to a zone and, like, catch it. That's it. I think we're looking like a much more improved unit. Defense is staying the same. Josh Boyer's got him doing a lot of the same stuff. I was pretty mm -hmm. concerned about Josh Boyer, our defensive coordinators, you know, kind of like philosophy as to how to run the defense because of all the controversy that happened last season where right. we weren't blitzing and we were playing a lot of zone coverage in the first quarter of the season and now we were getting blown out of the water. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, it looked like he was like, oh, yeah. This roster was built to just send the house every time and see who can handle it. And we mm -hmm. started doing that around, what, Thursday night Ravens game last season and just demolished most teams we played yep. after put starting a, to play put like a spy that. on the quarterback, run a couple stunts from the D-line with the linebackers coming, blitz the safeties, like actually timing up zero blitzes and not just showing them on like third and ten and then doing it. And like He had a comment where he was just like, that's what we do, we blitz. So... That makes me feel really, really good about him as a defensive coordinator this season because it seems like he knows that's what this roster was built to do. And, you know, you have to kind of play within the roles of how you built it. You know, you can't mm -hmm. square peg, circle hole, or whatever the hell you say. 
Um, yeah, circle. And then on offense was the reason that we lost games last year. For the last two years, if we had an offense, we should be making a <laughs> postseason run. Our defense was ready to do it, those poor bastards. And yeah. now our offense is looking terrifying. These I've seen these bootlegs that that two is running and throwing, and they're Jimmy. They got Jimmy G all over them, and yeah. two is a million times better at hitting them. The throw yeah. in the Super Bowl that Jimmy G lost versus the Chiefs, where he just overthrew. Um, I don't know if it was Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel at the time, but he overthrew somebody, and that would have changed the game. Like that kind of would have sealed it, and that's when the Chiefs started to come back because they couldn't uh, capitalize on that play. Mm-hmm. I just don't see Tua overthrowing that. I, I really don't. Nah, he's going to just bang it right in stride. And just like the yak's going to be insane this year. Just like with all the different crossing routes and just different looks we're going to be able to give people. And like, once again, yeah. I'm not getting too excited. I'm going to see it in person twice this week. <laughs> I'm going to the practice. I think, I don't know if I'm going to wear my Wilkins, my X, or my Tua. But then uh, I'm going Speaking to the of game Wilkins. as well. They were asking, everybody on the team was being asked, you know, who's, like, the scariest guy on defense that you guys should be looking out for? And, like, everybody's saying Christian Wilkins. Everyone's saying, yo, Christian Wilkins is on another level. So, I I don't know how good you can get as a defensive tackle, like, what jumps you can make, because he's made a jump every season, but it seems Mm -hmm. like we're being prepared to see another jump from Christian Wilkins, which is just, man... Retire, just retire his number, bro. Just I mean, I'm ready to retire, Christian. The Wilkins final, number. the final form of defensive lineman is Aaron Donald. So nobody else if, is ever allowed to play. If he gets anywhere near that level, if he's just better than Indomic, Prime Indomic and Sue, that makes our defense brazy. That gets Jalen Phillips twelve sacks on top of Ogba's twelve sacks, like with Wilkins squeezing out five six himself and just freeing up everyone else, like, and that just stops the run which has been like a pain in our side for as long as I've been alive. Like it's, it's apparently it's still looking a little, this goes back to what I was saying, you know, is it the offense's success or the defense's, uh, you know, fault? We'll see. We're going to, we're going to see another team this week. And I know people don't like to take preseason seriously, but seeing the twos versus the twos does tell you a lot about a scheme and a lot about like, just how a team's built, a roster's built. I believe the Ravens haven't lost a preseason game in like seven years or eight years or something like that. I and mean, I might have a statistic for gambling here about John Harbaugh in preseason. I believe he's like 10-4-1 against the spread. <laughs> so, he's, you know, he, he's just trying to get after it, dude. Him, if there's somebody, uh, I'm not going to say, you don't come for me if you make these wagers, but... If you're gonna make some bets on preseason, like a real degenerate, I would I would bet on um, the under for Sean McVay's games. I would bet on to cover the spread for John Harbaugh or Jim or whatever the John Harbaugh's games. Whoever that guy is, yeah, yeah, one of them. Lamar's coach. And uh, I would bet for the Bills to win because Sean McDermott goes goes kind of try hard and he wins all his preseason games. Of course he does. But you are going to the practice. I'm going to be super excited next week. I'm going to ask you guys a whole bunch of questions. You're going to have uh, your friend on here as well. Yeah, we have two options with that. We'll have them either do rock, paper, scissors, or I'll just see whose schedule adds up better with ours. But I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe even have both of them since we do it like remote. Get some deep analysis. Do like a hour, hour and a half episode just going over like camp and the first preseason game. Yeah, I'll be asking you guys a bunch of questions about what you saw. You know, I won't be able to make it. But what's exciting or, I guess, relevant to the Tampa Bay practices is the Tom Brady X Factor. Tom Brady, who happens to be the person that we are being punished for tampering with, although Tom Brady won't be punished ever, um, I don't know. I've after it, thinking about it for this long now, I'm kind of like we deserve it because I, at first I was like, "What the hell? Every team tampers. Like this is bullshit." Yeah, every team tampers, but they don't like put it on blast and get caught doing it. But also, once again, f- Mike Florio because he ran the story over and over and <laughs> over and over and over and over until. Yep. 
we finally got in trouble for it. He's just like... He just needed something to talk about, dude. He sucks. Him and Tannenbaum can... Picks are gone. We lost a first round pick. We lost a third round pick. Don't need them. They were ours, so it depends on how well we do in the season. So hopefully we do really well. And this season's all going to be about rooting for the Dolphins and rooting against the 49ers. That's yes, kind of what it comes down to. Um, Steven Ross is going to be banned temporarily from viewing any Dolphins games at the stadium, I believe. Or maybe he's allowed to go into like a weird rich person area that only he can be in. But he's not allowed to be like involved in the team's week-to-week uh Good. He shouldn't be involved anyway. Yeah, he shouldn't be involved. All he does is f*** it up, dude. He needs to just shut up. And, like, yeah. open your checkbook and shut up. They even find the guy who's going to take his spot when he sells the team, dude. They find him, like, <laughs> half a million dollars. Like, And they banned him from because he was the one that set up all the meetings and all the stuff he got in trouble for. So they're like, oh, okay, so you're the muscle since Ross is halfway a idiot. Like, you handle everything for him. So. Do you know what game he, Steven Ross will be back to see? His first game that he's going to be able to attend? Is it going to be his favorite quarterback? Um, No, close. But uh, it's going to be the... I'll, gi- I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's going to be October 23rd. And I think you're going to be there. Oh, Yeah, Flo? so Brian Flores, that's the, the first Omar game. The Omar Kelly revenge game? <laughs> I saw Omar Kelly tweet, who's, uh, if you don't know, Omar, Omar Kelly is the most prominent member of the Dolphins media for the last however long. And he very sucks. controversial. A lot of people don't like him. A lot of people don't like him. But yeah. he, I don't, he posted the other day that he's not going to Pittsburgh. That he is leaving, but he's not going to Pittsburgh. Whatever. So then it's not the Omar Kelly revenge game. It's the Brian Flores, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick revenge game, a.k.a. the Tua T revenge game, where he's going to go off for 500 yards and six touchdowns. I hope so. And they're saying that Mitch Trubisky, I believe, is going to be the starter over there? That's not good for them. Is that where he plays? Yeah. It's him It's him and uh, Kenny Stickett. And Mason Rudolph. Who? Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, Miles Garrett's gonna make sure he doesn't like play anymore. <laughs> like, if if you put Mason Rudolph in, he has Miles Garrett twice a year for the rest of his life. Like, he's yeah. not getting re-signed after his rookie contract's up. Oh boy, but yeah, that's gonna be a great game. That's gonna be really fun to see. Just the fact that Stephen Ross, just you know, you know, I mean, that's that's gonna be more than the divisional game. That's like you know yeah. Brian Flores is trying his heart out to make sure that this isn't a loss, and you know that Stephen Ross is going to care a lot as well. <laughs> so Stephen Ross is literally messaging somebody on Facebook Messenger saying, hey, I'm really trying to cheat. You guys got any film or something I can buy? Like, yeah. I need some help. Just making it very obvious that he's trying to cheat and, like, he's going to get caught again. But Yeah, he's going to get caught, like, flattening Flo's tires in the stadium or something like that. Yeah, he just needs to cut it out. He wants to be Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft so bad, but he's just not. And like, yeah, he even have even Jerry Jones isn't Robert Kraft. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know about Robert Kraft either. Him I mean, and Sean. that's what I'm saying. They're match made in heaven, dude. I'm surprised he didn't go there, but it's straight, bro. I think uh, Goodell's gonna get uh, the suspension lengthened so it's going to be longer than six games which is good it should definitely be for the season minimum if not two and uh cleveland i'm glad they freed baker and i hope he crushes it with carolina yeah allegedly his practices were looking rough but i did hear about the deshaun watson case uh chris kaufman had said something about it that was i learned a little bit so i guess the original suspension was suggested by the NFL Players Association, right? So instead of it where it used to be, you know, the league just says, "Hey, you messed up. This is what you're going this is the sentence you're going to serve." Now, the NFL Players Association gets to kind of come up with what they think it should be and and then suggest it to the league, and then the league gets to basically um, analyze what they have suggested and then they get to investigate their, um, and kind of say if they want to change it and the reason that they want to make it one year um, and appeal what the Players Association did is because if you get suspended for one year you have to reapply 
to become a part of the NFL if you receive an NFL uh, one year suspension, right? So right. when it does come time, if he does get suspended for one year and he does have to reapply, then the NFL gets to either a deny him and say no, and there's nothing you can do about it. You don't get to come back to the NFL or B okay, we'll allow you to come back to the NFL, but we're going to insert these clauses into the contract that are mandatory, which could be anything but not limited to you need to do a press conference that says that you are a sex addict and you need to tell people that tell the people that you were are seeking help and that Whoa. this was a problem that you're trying to overcome, you know, things like that. So yeah. it should be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, but what's weird is still that Deshaun Watson just, it's not, there's not a single, single ounce of remorse on his face or anything. He's taking it like to the grave style, like style. Like he's just saying like, Hey, nothing happened, nothing happened and you can't prove it. So I'm not so changing. Shut up. Yeah, that's it. He won't, he's not budging from it. So nope. He's signing every autograph after practice. He's chilling. Shameless. He's hee-heeing and ha-haing it up, dude. And it's like, I don't know if some of his teammates feel a certain type of way about it. They probably have to, like, let it go for the most part. Yeah, but the rest of the league doesn't. You're going to get f***ed up as soon as you play <laughs> like, by yeah. somebody. It'll someone's going to take, this, someone's gonna take that 15. They don't care. That's a lot of uh, controversy to have to overlook as a team. Not, you know, like constant so they don't care apparently they i guess they think they can just steamroll through it but again i'm i'm blessed with the polynesian sensation young use himself the prophecy like he could yes, never sir. on that note we are five more sundays <sighs> from today away from nfl red zone being on tv Next week, Sut and company will be going to the Tampa Bay Joint Practices to see Jerome Baker assassinate Tom Brady within the first 10 minutes, and they take Tom Brady out of the game, and it changes the trajectory of the Buccaneers' season for the rest of the year. Hopefully. I'll be asking questions about who's going to make it, who they think shined, who they think makes the biggest impact this year compared to last year. But until then, we appreciate you guys for checking in with us. And we'll be back next week. Make sure you follow the boys at Day One Dolphins. Follow Chief Sut at Chief Sut. Follow me at Why Fins Why Why Fins Up, baby. Thank y'all. Peace. Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins.